Good evening, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Across the Tracks podcast. I'd like to welcome the masters of the ones and twos, my partner Wayne, and I am Steve, the editor and engineer. We hope you enjoy tonight's topics of discussions because we're going to say it the way we see it. Good evening, good evening. Welcome back to Across the Tracks podcast. Uh, we are welcoming a return appearance to from one of our partners from back in the old hometown of Elizabethtown, E-Town. Uh, we're going to welcome back Mr. Joy Stubbs, who's now a resident of uh, Lexington, Kentucky. And we're going to have some interesting conversations tonight. So uh, I'd like to welcome Joy back. Yeah, and glad to be here. Good, good, Thanks good. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> you know, love to have you, my my partner. Love to have you, my partner. And so we'll get started. That I am Steve. And I'm Wayne, and glad to be here. This is our last show for 2020. So, man, you know it's going to be hot, and uh, we've got some interesting topics to get into tonight. And uh, if you don't have a problem, man, I'll go ahead and kick it off. Go ahead, my brother. Kick it All off. All right. All right. So here we are here. Here we are at the end of 2020, uh, December the 27th, uh, last weekend of 2020. And uh, we want to reflect uh, tonight on a few topics. And one of the first topics we want to talk about, uh, there's been some prominent people uh, who passed away this year. And uh, we want to chat about some of those. And, and I, I, I put three names down from my opinion that I think are worth talking about because of their significance uh, to um, the black community uh, and the black experience. And so the first name I want to talk about uh, was the passing of Kobe Bryant uh, back in January. I believe it was January of this year. And I think uh, we talked about this when it happened on one of our podcast episodes. And, and I'll say what I'll say, and then I'll turn it over to you, brothers, to let you guys chat about it. And as I mentioned during that particular broadcast, uh, I was I was never a Laker fan, and I was never a Kobe fan per se. However, uh, I grew up during the Jordan era, as most of us did. Jordan was my guy, and uh, I ride or die with Mike. But after Mike retired from the game, everybody was saying, who's the next Michael? And in all actuality, the closest thing we saw to Michael Jordan once he left the game was Kobe Bryant. In his mannerisms, the way he played the game, um, you know, that killer instinct he had on the court. And again, I was never a Kobe fan, but I respected the hell out of the work he put in night in and night out on that court once he stepped on the court. And so for a lot of kids, uh, probably Alex, your your son, his age, my daughter, that era, my daughter's not a hooper. She's not a hoop fan, but the kids who grew up doing that, mm, what is it, that that 80, maybe late 80s type era when Kobe came into Lee early 90s, he was their Michael. And so the impact he had on the game was huge uh, because he was the heir apparent. And and I think he lived up to that um, uh, in more ways than one. So um, I think that's important to talk about. At that point, I'll turn it over to one of you fellas to, to offer your opinions on that. Well, I'm like you, uh, myself, Wayne. Uh, I'm a Michael Jordan, you know, and go back further than that, you know, Dr. J. Yeah. But uh, when Mike left the game, I do agree with you that Kobe Bryant's game was was patented right after his. I mean, he said it himself, you know, that uh, he wanted to be like Mike, but a better version of Mike. Uh, his loss, you know, it, it's it just crippled California. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's it's even has impact today. You still see the uh, the commercials with him in it. You still hear some of the young guys talk about him because, like you say, the guys that are there now, that was their Michael Jordan. Um, you know, they go to argue it and say that uh, Mr. James King James is <laughs> the next Mike, but I disagree with that. If there's ever a player that's going to be as close to Mike as there is. It's it's Kobe Bryant. Right, right, and right. Now. Right, right, and, and it's, that's my it, opinion. Yeah, it's interesting, and we'll get well. We'll go ahead, Steve. We'll, we'll let you chime in. And then I want to go back to something that Joey said. So go ahead, your 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 thoughts. 
Well, you know, with with Kobe, he did pattern his game after after Jordan, and he was in the league for a long time, coming right out of high school. And uh, I've I've been a Laker fan for the longest time. And it's not my favorite NBA team, uh, as I've mentioned before, is that I hardly watch any NBA basketball now simply because the game the game has changed so much. And if if I had to look at um, a, a a team, it would it would be the Lakers. Now there are individuals like Dr. J and you know Moses Malone and and and. My favorite player of all time is Kareem, you know, um, who eventually became a Laker. And those Lakers of the, you know, 80s battling the the, the Celtics and so on, Showtime Lakers, uh, that was the best. That was the best of basketball because the game hadn't changed. There was no they couldn't play zone. Uh, it was it was the, the game changed so much. Uh and I kind of drifted away from the game, but I think the thing with Kobe is the fact that he and his daughter and the other nine people on that helicopter was lost. Uh, that that's the thing that that gets me is the fact that someone that was so important to an area to an era and uh, a unique individual that gave it all and left it all and the court was gone in such a tragic way that it it took and brought shockwaves to uh, the, the entire NBA and and the world because everybody everybody wore Kobe jerseys who adored him and so on. And so as we look at these topics, you know, as far as individuals go, you know, these individuals affected everybody across the U.S., across the world. So uh, the the people that now migrate to the United States in the NBA that comes from Eastern Europe or Europe in general or Asia, you know, they are uh, part of the basketball legacy. And Kobe helped bring that about. That's what I have to say about it. True, true. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, you know, in a way, I mean, he was a I think he was on the level, an international icon. I, I think he was at that level. Now, like you said, kids overseas are wearing number eight and number 24 jerseys. So uh, but the thing the, 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 the thing that I think really, um, really, I guess, touched touched me about him passing was the fact that he was he was evolving. You know, he, he had moved on from the game and he was giving back to the game. And you you heard stories about guys working out with Kobe in the summer. You know, they wanted to pick his brain, this type of thing. He was giving back to the game. And one of the things I really admired about him was he had embraced the WNBA. And I'm a huge WNBA fan. Uh, I watch, as I told you, Steve, during one of the other podcasts, I watch more WNBA games than I do the men's game now. Because it's pure basketball. Pure basketball, right. It's pure I, basketball. I agree. It's I, pure basketball. I and watch so Kobe, a lot of WNBA. Yeah, and Kobe embraced that. He embraced uh, those those young women that were playing the game. They looked up to him. They picked his brain. They talked hoops with him. And then the fact he was bringing his daughter into the game, that just like, man, you know, what, what a loss. And so um, I think Joey mentioned, or maybe who mentioned LeBron James. Um, I like LeBron. I love LeBron. But LeBron is not Michael. He really isn't Kobe. Um, he's a great player. But to say he is the he is the greatest of all time, to me, does a disservice to both of those guys. Um, I, and I think folks need to get off of this the greatest of all time kick because the great you're, you're great for your era. That's my right. view. You're great for your era. Michael's right. the greatest of his era. Then Kobe came along. Now LeBron is here. There will be somebody after LeBron who will probably exceed what he's doing right now on the court. Mm-hmm. So I wish folks would stop all this, you know, the greatest of all time. Time right. hasn't right. passed yet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and every everybody has their favorites. It's, it's, right. Right. it's a selective choice. Right. You right. know, right. if you were to ask me who is the greatest of all time, I'd tell you it was Kareem. 
to me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's just my that's just my choice. And, right. and I and, and I think I would agree with you. I think I would agree with you. Um, he changed the game. I mean, he literally changed the game of basketball. Yeah, that's true. You know, he yeah. changed the game of basketball as we know it. And he's the leading scorer in NBA history. He had a shot that was unstoppable. Yep. And uh, he literally, you know, yeah, go ahead. I was just saying, not many people could block it. No. <laughs> so I agree with you. If you really want to say who is the greatest, I would say it's Kareem. I would say, but Kareem gets no love from a lot of these people. Right. Who are always talking about the greatest. A lot of times it's Michael. Um, you know, Michael's only won six championships. Hell, people don't even mention Bill Russell. Bill That's Russell right. won 11. Right. <laughs> you know? right. Exactly. You know, so I, I think folks need to say, look, who is the greatest of that era? And we've been blessed to see some hell of great basketball players, man. You mentioned Dr. J, you know, watching Dr. J there in Freedom Hall when he played for the Virginia Squires and the New Jersey Nets, going up to Louisville to watch him play. Right. And, you know, all those guys that that have come, they were great for that time. And I think that's that's where you have to put it in perspective. Yeah. But I, I agree that Kareem, if you're going to say who's the GOAT, I, I will go with Kareem. I go with and basketball has changed so much. It's not the same. No. As as I mentioned before, now they let the NBA play zone. Yep. You know, back right. in those days they wouldn't let you play zone. You had twenty four seconds to get a shot off. And you know, that was it. <laughs> still the same. Yeah. You know, well, but it, it one, just it just changed. The one thing that's changed is they get three and a half steps now. <laughs> that that oh, I always crazy. thought it was two when I was growing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? And, and it's it's the flashiness that the kids nowadays look at when it comes to basketball. Yeah. You know, the last man that I call Mr. Fundamental, like all the other players gave him, Tim Duncan. If you want to learn the game, watch Tim Duncan. Yep. yep. He's, he did all the fundamental stuff. He wasn't flashy. And that even takes me to uh, Kareem. That's why a lot of people don't mention him is because he, he wasn't flashy. Nope. If they go back and look at – the years he played and what he done year in year out, you, you got to go with him. Yeah, you have to. Some, some, some of the knock on, there. Some of the knock on Kareem was number one. He changed his name because you know America was going through that period where, you know, you right. have a, a a different name. He went from Lou Alcindor to Kareem Abdul Jabbar, and right. then he he wasn't the type that would speak out that much you know he was a he was a he was reserved with his um his his public comment and so when reporters would ask him you know um you know what do you feel about this he would you know answer the question but he wouldn't give him anything else right and and that has uh left a, a a stain on his legacy yeah. You know, there there should he should be coaching some NBA team. Oh yes, and and the reason <laughs> for that is that uh, because of his being reserved in his comments, he's brilliant. The man is uh, is very in, intelligent. Right. But the the media and or sports writers, you know, they wouldn't give him the opportunity because he wouldn't suck up to him. So. That's 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 what I want to say about Kareem, and I think we can we can put that one to rest. Kobe Bryant was um, uh, a great individual. He's starting to evolve and change, uh, and becoming in him his own person, yeah. you know, outside of the game. And it's it's a tragedy that he was lost, and his daughter and and the other members right. of that of that. Uh, airframe that went down in uh, January about a year ago. Yep, January. Yep, yep. Coming up on a year. Yeah. Yep. Sad day for, for everybody, but more sad for his family. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So um transitioning, um talk about another individual who made an impact on the on the world. I say I made an impact on the world. 
And we lost a lot of civil rights icons this year, um, Joseph Lowry, C.T. Vivian. Uh, but the name that uh, resonated the loudest this year as far as civil rights icons was John Lewis. And um, I'll, I'll let you guys kick it off. Uh, your thoughts um, on the great John Lewis, uh, whoever wants to kick it off. Well, I think it was a, a great disservice from our current president, you know, not to acknowledge John Lewis, the civil rights and all that he stood for. To me, it's, it's just a disgrace. And again, to me, that's a snapshot of white America. I just put it out there. Mm. Yeah. And with John Lewis, who literally gave his life to help people of the country, he is that icon. And he gave everything he had had uh, learned all of his achievements, all of the pain and heart heartache he had to deal with, all of the public uh, information, all the uh, time that he was he spent in Congress, and for the most part, uh, this country has changed uh, for better for this 18-year-old kid that went to American Baptist College down in uh, Tennessee. You know, you don't know the influence that you'll have on people and or the the world unless you do, as John Lewis said, if he did good trouble. You know, right. Don't, don't sit back and just be passive Sometimes you have to you have to take a risk and in those risks, you don't know how it's going to you don't know how it's going to turn out. But with with faith and with the blessings of God, things will work for the better. And John Lewis did good work. And uh, as you mentioned, Joy, we don't expect the current occupant at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue to give any respect to anybody. Right. Because he's so selfish. So, you know, if you look at the the past election, all the things that were are brought up about the current occupant, you know, losing the election, who were they after? Who were they trying to whose votes were they trying to take away? They're trying to take away black folks' the votes. Black folks. Look at the cities in which he first tried to uh, go back and have recounts. Right. And, yeah. and that's that's why uh, as as this century or the last century in this century is um, proceeding, then his name should be up there with with the greatest. Most definite. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, we're here because of the sacrifice of John Lewis. I mean, we're, right. we're products of his, you know, taking beatings and going to jail and getting tear gas. We're products of that. And so uh, I, I the current occupant, I think he mentioned or he said something, you know, what's so great about this guy? You yeah. know, and I mean, like, man, I mean, you're that freaking selfish, man, that you can't see that this guy has sacrificed, put his body on the line. So people could vote. You can't see that. But that's that's who he is. And so um, John Lewis, great American. Um, you know, people want to talk about, you know, great Americans. John Lewis is on that list of great Americans. And, yeah. uh, great and so, yeah. yeah, yeah, he he was I think he was he's one of the last of that civil rights era. I think uh, the most of those folks now have passed on. I think he was the last one of that civil rights era. So. Uh, we owe a lot to uh, to John Lewis, and uh, you know it was it was a shock uh, to uh, you know hear that he had passed. But mm -hmm. um, but we are again we're products of his service and his sacrifice. So just uh, that's why I thought it was important to mention him uh, yeah, tonight. You're correct. You know he is the last of that era that yeah. will have that type of uh, uh, change yeah. in the American history, as far as a black man goes. I think. Yeah. And, and it, he was the last living 
um, speaker yep. of the Watch on Washington. Yep. Uh, March on Washington. March yep. on Washington. March on Washington. Yeah. In uh, 1963. Yeah. Yeah. So great American. Great, great, great American. So he will definitely be missed uh, because he had a booming voice. Um, in the Congress. I mean, he was always holding somebody accountable and, uh, you know, that will be missed. So, uh, I think that was important to, to mention his life and his legacy. Um, the next person I want to mention, um, you know, since we talk music a little bit here on the show every now and then Charlie pride. And, uh, I, to me, man, I think Charlie pride he made it cool for black folks to listen to country music, man. You know, <laughs> and I kid you not, I had a friend. I have a friend here, right? And he and I used to go to lunch every now and then. He's like, man, let's go to lunch, you know, whatever. So one day he called and said, man, let's do lunch. I said, cool. So he invited a couple other people. So uh, we go get out and his, get into his car. And he's listening to, um, I forgot who he's listening to. He's a big country music fan. Black guy. Oh, go ahead. Uh, no, you said you forgot who he was listening to. Yeah, I forgot who he was. Yeah, I forgot who he was listening to on his. Uh, he had a CD in the in the thing playing, and he turned his CD down. <laughs> and I'm like, man, what you turning your music down for? He's like, man, you know, I don't want no folks to know black man listening to country music. I'm like, man, please <laughs> turn your music back up, man. And he's like, really? I said, yeah, man, this is the good stuff. And he listened to the classic country stuff. Right. And so Charlie Pride, in my opinion, man, he was he was the first. I, I, back in the day, you know, we, we listened to W.I.L. and stuff like that. We didn't know, like, there's a black guy doing country music. <laughs> it was like unheard of. Right. Uh, but he made it. He may put it in vogue to like, man, not only can black folks sing it, we can listen to it if you like it and listen yeah. to it. So yeah. and, and if you if you if you listen to country music, where did country music come from? Right. <laughs> it came from jazz, it came from yeah. rhythm and blues. It's That's just right. that yeah. they took they took that music and developed it for themselves. And it, it we lost that. Yeah. We started yeah. we we started it, or black folks started it. And then we lost it because R and B became the vehicle yeah, for most for most black folks, and we lost that 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 entity that was country music. Yeah, at least being popular. Now it's it's played in the South. It was played in the South, and it was always been there. You know whether it was blues or not. And Charlie Pl- Charlie Pride was able to. Uh, cross back over into something that had always been there. Right. And it became popular again that, you know, most black folks that look, that grew up in our era, when we look on TV, we look to see someone that looks like us. That's correct. Hey, hey, mom, look, there's somebody that's black (laughs) on TV. You know, whether it was Diane Carroll or Harry Belafonte, or Sidney Poitier, Cap Calloway, Duke Ellington. It, it didn't matter, but we wanted to see ourselves. Right. And so um, Charlie Pride was that that connection to country music that we saw in ourselves. Okay? And so he, he became very popular to white folks because white folks didn't say, well, we've got a black man that's doing country music. Right. Well, that's weird. And black folks, we've got a black man that's doing country music. And so he was able to, to cross-pollinize, I should say, uh, the, the, the genre that opened it up to everybody. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's sad. We must say he just died last week or week yeah. before last. And he died from Corona, which we'll be talking about uh, a little bit later. Right. And, you know, it, it's he, he's someone that had some popular songs that everybody listened to, even pop music people listened to his songs. Mm-hmm. And he was able to, um, you know, cross over and make country music more acceptable to everybody. I listen to country music. You know, I don't listen to a lot of it, but I listen to it. I'm not. I mean, right. some of it today is is 
some country music today, country music stars are more pop stars than they are country stars. Yeah, that's true. You know, so if it's got a beat and I can pat, pat my foot to it, I'm going to listen to it. <laughs> that's just how I am. Right. You know. But there, there, you know, if if not for Charlie Pride, then you have no Darius Rucker. You have no Lil right. Nas X. You don't have all these people who are like, you know, I can do country music, you know, and right. be accepted. That That is because of Charlie Pride. And so, um, yeah, man, I, I love me some the classic country stuff. Yeah, I can listen to that, man, because it speaks to you. It tells a story, you know, right. and, and you can follow it. And you're like, man, these these folks are just as bad off as we are. <laughs> you know, some of the stories in, the, in them songs, man, it's like these people are bad off as we are. <laughs> yep. You know, so. Yep. So, yeah, I, I just thought, you know. Those three people that that we've talked about, I'm like, you know, they there's something that uh, goes a little deeper than, you know, and again, there were a lot of prominent people that passed this year. Uh, but I just felt you know, a lot. Yeah, a lot of people, man. I, I was watching the hail and farewell on um, uh, Sunday morning this morning. Man, it's like, man, a lot of people left this right. uh, left this earth this year, man. And yeah. uh, sad, really sad. And then. Um, have to throw in, man. I've been I've been listening to Houdini, man, for the last two days. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. I've been, man, I've been everywhere I go to the grocery store, got my Houdini on, man. <laughs> you know, Houdini was one of the most underrated rap groups back in the day. Underrated. Uh, Run DMC got all the shine. I think if not for Run DMC, Houdini might have been more popular. But but man, I've been listening to uh, Houdini, man, for the last two days, man. It's just. <laughs> They've had some good music, man. So oh, yeah. I good couldn't believe music. that when I when I seen that on the news. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought he was older than that though. No, so did I. I thought huh? I thought he was, man. No, he's just a young pup. Yeah. And when I he get, started. Yeah, when you when you go back and look at their bios, whatnot, they were teenagers, man. Right, they they right. were they were teenagers when they started. Yeah, and I'm like, man, you know. So I just like, and my daughter, she said, hey, dad, did you know uh, Ecstasy from Houdini passed? I'm like, yeah. I was like, man, I'm bummed out, man. Mm-hmm. And I started listening to Houdini that night, man. And I, right. I go to the store, got my Houdini on. <laughs> I'm listening to it. It's like, man, these guys had some great songs, man. <laughs> great songs. John Fletcher. John, John Fletcher. Fletcher. Yep. Ecstasy. Yep. I remember, man. Uh, I forgot. And I don't, I don't know, Joy, if you were there or not, man. But one night we went over to the Fort Knox NCO Club. Okay. And it was me, and I thought my brother was there, and Diane was there, and I don't know if you and Sharon were there or not. But we said, let's go to the NCO Club. It was on a Saturday night, mm-hmm. and we get over there, we get a table set, and what is the first jam that comes on when we get our table to sit down? Was Funky Beat by Houdini, man. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that like it was yesterday. That was the first jam we walked in. We got seen that funky beat came on. And I'm like, that song, man, rocks, man. That song rocks. So, um, yeah, John Fletcher, man, ecstasy. Houdini, man. (laughs) Yeah. So I wanted to mention those folks. Um, So segueing into our next topic. um, And this one here, man, we, we can probably spend the next three or four hours talking about this. But time is of the essence. So we want to talk about. The systematic erosion of democracy and and what what has been going on here the last four years. I'll let whomever wants to kick take the lid off of this mess and and kick it off. Uh, talk about the systematic erosion of democracy that's playing out right before our eyes. So whoever wants to jump in and and take it, go for it. Go for it, Steve. All right, man. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say much because we beat this horse. So much over the past, but yeah, we've been yeah. doing this for almost three years now. We've beat this horse so much that uh, democracy is challenged simply because the current occupant of the United States at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue has systematically uh, tried to eliminate democracy because of his own selfish. <laughs> reasons, whether it's the Justice Department and having his own attorney that should be the people's attorney uh, instead of the attorney general working on the behalf of the people. 
he only worked on the behalf of the current occupant, mm-hmm. whether it is the Pentagon, where he has belittled and told soldiers that they died for no reasons and that they were suckers, and whether it is the Congress, where the Congress has literally changed overnight to being uh, independent. There's three branches of government. You have the executive, the legislative, and the judicial branch of government. Mm-hmm. Well, the re- Republicans in the uh, Congress has all fallen behind the current occupant, and they have no backbone. As Teddy Roosevelt said, he has the back. They have the backbone of a chocolate eclair. <laughs> and it has it has fundamentally changed um, the country. And and now the current occupant is trying to reverse the election. He got his butt kicked by a million people. And so democracy has changed because he's trying to invalidate uh, elections. Well, so course. that's just a small portion. And, and as you mentioned, Wayne, we could spend <laughs> many, many hours talking about this. But our democracy has changed because of him. However, since he's going to be leaving here in 23 days, 24 days, then democracy has a chance. However, you know, it's like the little boy with his finger in the dike. You know, the only thing that's keeping the water out is the finger in the dike. And so uh, the democracy now has a finger that's basically keeping out the flood of of authoritarianism, uh, fascism, and literally breaking down the country. That's those are my thoughts. Yeah, yeah. See, I don't even like talking about it anymore because I find myself actually getting angered. Where I used to just be able to talk about it with whomever, but now it's to the point where it's. If I was to see this certain individual, I might just have to do something wrong. <laughs> so I, I I don't even like talking about it. it's just uh, yeah because it, of course it's not true you all know that everything that we're talking about right now is definitely fake right. according to you know who yeah yeah and the sadness of it is is you got these individuals out here that believe everything that he's doing is correct it's the right thing to do. You know, him getting rid of the good people, that's the right thing to do. You know, it's, it's, it angers me anymore. Yep. 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 Um, and it's sad. It's sad because now we have put ourselves in a position, the United States, we've put ourselves in the position that the fact that we've allowed this guy to do whatever. Disregard the Constitution, disregard laws, you know, do all this corrupt crap that's been going on. We have put ourselves in the position that now we can't say anything to anybody else in the world, in my opinion. That's correct. We can't say anything to any other country about why aren't you guys doing this? You need to be. Now, nah, we we forfeited that responsibility. And it's all because of this individual and the people that have supported him. For the past four years. And so, as Steve said, you know, there's the little boy who's figuring the die, keeping out, you know, just us being just totally destroyed. Yeah. Uh, we need we need not only Biden and Harris coming in office, I think will help stabilize some of that and, and hopefully get us back on the right path. But we need to get people like Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy and all these other people. We need to get them out. We need to get yeah. them out. And so January the 5th, I'm hoping and I'm praying that like Warnock and Ossoff take out these two uh, knuckleheads down there in Georgia and they claim those two seats. And now maybe we can truly get something done for the people of this country because um, what's going on right now, it's appalling. It's disgusting. And uh, we 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 have forfeited our right to tell anybody else about how to handle their business. We can't even do it ourselves. So right, you know one one thing, Wayne. This is this is how I think this election is going to turn out on the fifth. Uh, Warnock's going to win, and Ossoff's going to lose. And here's why. 
Here's why. Uh, Kelly Loeffler, Loeffler, whatever her, her yeah. name is. Lafayette or whatever. She, yeah. She's born with a silver spoon in her mouth. She has too much money, and she's a woman. And, and people are going to vote against the woman. Yeah. And Purdue's a good old boy, and they'll vote for him because he's a white male. Yeah, yeah. That's how it's going to turn out. No, I nailed yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's my right. my beliefs. Yeah. Now, if Ossoff and Warnock win, that'd be awesome to me because yeah. it'd shut the hell out of Mitch Mitch uh, Moscow Mitch. Yeah. yeah. You know he'll have to take us have to take a seat back. The people of Kentucky can't defeat him, but the people of Georgia can sure put a hurting on him if they if they yeah. win those two seats. So. Yeah. I'm praying that they do. Now, Me too. Now, if if Warnock does win, which I think he will, I, you're, the scenario you described is what I think is going to happen, that Warnock is going to win and Ossoff is going to lose. That still that still yeah. keeps the Senate in a tie. It's I now know. 50-50. It won't be a tie. It won't? Nope. I it, will not be a tie. Be, it will not be a tie. Oh, it'll, be, it'll be 51. 50, it'll be 51 uh, it'll be fifty-one to forty-nine. Fifty-one forty-nine. Yeah, it'll be up two. It's, it'll be it'll be they'll be up by one vote. One vote. If they both win, it'll be fifty-fifty, and then the vice president is the deciding vote. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well. So yeah, Mitch McConnell. Still would be the speaker. Still would be the Senate majority leader. Yeah. Wow. Golly. And he's a piece of garbage. He is. He is. He need. He needs to be taken out and dumped. You know. <laughs> Too late. Sorry. He just had the chance. Yeah. He, he's useless, man. And and what's what what you know the fact that you you you're one individual that can stop legislation that is that it is truly designed to help the vast part of our country and you don't mm-hmm. want to sign it. You don't want right. to put a vote for it. That's appalling, man. It's appalling. And he was one of those individuals down there in Georgia. When uh, John Lewis passed, was, you know, given all his accolades and everything, how much, you know, but yet you won't pass the John Lewis voting rights bill. Right. <laughs> you know, so mm-hmm. it's like, man, all these people are full of crap. They're full of crap, man. I, I'm sick of all of them. And like you say, I feel like you, Joey, it's like you talk about it. You find yourself getting angry. Yeah. <laughs> you, you literally find yourself getting angry. And it's like, man, I'd love to punch him in the face. You know, <laughs> that's what you feel like. Wait. You know, here it's it's bad enough when you're running around when you know who was elected to yeah. run the country, and then when this character was elected again, and now they're running around with these hats talking about McConnell. You know, it's just uh, yeah. Kentucky's so backwards; it's it's unreal. I forgot how bad it was when I lived here. <laughs> well, you're back. Old enough yeah. to be involved. <laughs> and now you're back. So let let's let, let me let me ask you a question about that. So now you're back. You've been back for what? A couple of years now? Yeah. You've been back for a couple year. of years. So what what has been your what's been your true opinion about being back in Kentucky living there? Um, you know, from you know, we all live there as kids. We've all left, did our thing. Uh and now you're back. So what's what's your view on living there now? And day to day living there now? Honestly, I should have stayed away. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's 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 to me, maybe it's just because I live up here in Lexington. Yeah. I can't find any reason to tell somebody to move back here. And that's just being honest. You know, oh. it's it's easier because I am older and there's so there's a lot of things that I don't seek to do anymore. Right. Right. But uh, it's it's still to me a very, very prejudiced state. Mm-hmm. And especially up here, it's I don't like being here. Sharon will tell you that. Joey doesn't really want to be here, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> wow! But you're yeah. in the middle. You're in the middle of cat country, man. That's right. See, you, that, you had to bring that up, didn't you? <laughs> well, they got their ass beat yesterday. Exactly. And, <laughs> and they found right. to. Uh, yeah, my God was like, it was only two points. I said, hey, it could have been a half a point. Right. Right. <laughs> The fact they is, about, they lost, and they about ready to lose their mind because they're one and six, and they about ready to you know, run Kyler Perry out of town because he's losing. I mean, it's like and he won't. 
he won't take responsibility for that. Nope. 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 I've told people, man, and, and this is my view on Calipari. He is not a good coach. With the talent that he has had coming through that university for the past, however long he's been there. I think this won, is his 13th season. 13th season. And you've won, I think you've only won, what, one championship? Yeah, it's, it's only one. You've won one championship in 13 years with the talent. I mean, most of the you could put together probably two or three teams in the NBA of guys who've come out of Kentucky and they could hold their own. Probably, But you've won one championship yep. and they and they're good with that. But they ran Tubby Smith's ass out of town, <laughs> ran that man out of town because he wasn't winning enough. Yeah. You know, that that's what I can't stand. I have never liked UK and there's people ask it like I have never liked UK. Yeah, because I never way, have. Yeah, because of the way they treated black players back in the day <clears throat> and right. the way they continue to treat black players once they, you know, play ball there and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know, how how they're treated from from that point on. And the fact that you you give this guy, he 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 hasn't won anything. He's won one championship with yeah. the amount of talent that comes through that school. But yet you ran Tubby Smith out of town. You know, he won a championship, but you ran him out of town. You know, what, after what, he won, go ahead. Yeah. What did he last here? Three years? Is that what Tubby lasted here? I don't know if he lasted a full three years. Um, thought, it might have been three. But they ran him out of town, you know, and it's like. Why? I mean, he he did no. He actually did better than what Calipari has done. Yeah, you know. So yeah. I he he is he's not a good coach with the amount of talent that he has had. All Americans that that have come through that school and you've won one championship in thirteen years. That's sad. That that well, if you, I'm sorry. If go you, ahead. If you look at college basketball now. It's rare to have somebody win those things because they're only there for a year and they're gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's just it's the AAU attitude about basketball that is another reason why I don't watch it that much because if you re, you you recruit a guy, you recruit Anthony Davis, he's there for one year, he's gone the next. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just how many schools are like that? You'll get that top recruit and they have to spend one year because of some stupid NCA rule, and then the year number two they're gone. Yeah, right. That's that's how that's just the nature of the game. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not I would never defend anything UK ever, but that's just college basketball now. Yeah. You can't. John Wooden was able to win all those championships back to back to back to back to back to back. To back because he had the same players for four years and four years more and four years more. These guys only get those players for a year if they're top talent and then they're gone. Yep. Well, the the kid that Memphis had, who's a, he's playing for the Warriors now. He didn't even finish the season. He didn't even finish the season because of some, something that came up with his eligibility or whatnot. He didn't even finish the season. And and it's it's killing college basketball as we knew it, as we knew it back in the day, that it's gone. But the fact that, again, I go back to the fact you've had Anthony Davis, you've had Carl Anthony Towns, you've had John Wall, you've had all these guys play for you for that year. And you're trying to tell me you've only won one championship with all those guys cycling through that school. That's piss yeah. poor, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. I think piss they poor. had the best recruiting for six years in a row, they had at least two of the top five uh, McDonald's All-Americans yep. to come to UK at the same time. Yep, yep. I mean, you think there was Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns, and the Booker kid all playing on the same team at the same time. Yep, and Booker what was coming off the bench. He was coming off the bench. He was coming off the bench, and you you come on, man. And but but that is that is what. That is an aspect of white privilege. Yes. The fact that this guy is still there. He hasn't won Jack, in my opinion, one championship with all that talent. But you still give him a huge contract year after year after year. Yeah. But Tubby didn't get that. He didn't get that. Right. And no other exactly. black coach in America would get that. No, no way. other black coach in America would get that. Well, and the thing is here, because, you know, you talk to some of these UK crazies up here. 
well, he's a good recruiter. I'm like, well, <laughs> are you guys more interested in who he can recruit or the little banner that hangs in the gym? Because right. I think that's what it's all about. Right. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about. But that that's that is white privilege, man. That is white privilege. And, you know, we, we can spend an hour or two talking about that as well. But the Yo, fact that no no other black coach in college basketball would get that opportunity. If you only won one championship in 13, your ass would be gone. Oh, yeah. Gone. And uh, but no, year after year, they keep. Yeah, he recruits well, but you ain't winning nothing. But that's 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 UK for you, man. It was just and why I cannot stand them. You, you guys remember <laughs> Kenny Payne, right? Yep. Yep. No, he was the assistant coach at UK, but he's not there anymore. Yeah, that's what I heard. And look what happened this year. Now that the assistant coach isn't there, the guy that could get out there and and literally play with them to right. show them what he's talking about. Right. He's no longer there. And look at their record this year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad they're tanking. I'm glad one they're and six. one and six. One and six. I love it. <laughs> I love it, man. I well, can't. That, that, that kind of gets us back to the fact that, you know, <laughs> the systematic democracy that's falling oh, yeah. apart. Oh, yeah. You know, that's that's kind of where we are, man. Yeah. And, and it, it affects everything. Yep. Yeah. It affects everything, everything from sports right. to medicine to I mean, just look now. We got people, people that are afraid to uh, inoculate their kids. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's all part of it. I mean, we we've got a guy that's 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 in charge who's actually missing in action right now, who has literally torn torn the country apart and right. we have we have become more divided now than we've ever have been you know either you're with us or you're with them that's how it is it's, it's not right any longer that you know y- you you work on capitol hill and you're a democrat and you work on capitol hill and you're republicans and you can debate one another during the day and then go out and you know, hang out and go to dinner and stuff like that. Those days are over with. Yeah. They don't do that anymore. They, we're on this team or we're on that team, and right. the, the team that's in the middle, the American people, they're getting screwed because yeah. there's inability from both sides to get anything accomplished because there's so much hatred yeah. of the other simply yeah. because they, they're just hating one another. Yeah. You know, I, I put a put a post on. Facebook the other day, and it was like 29 days until democracy returns. And I think I wrote, um, this is what you get when you vote party over country. And then I said, you get criminals and you get, you know, this person pardoning, you know, uh, business people, his buddies and so on. Yep. I mean, that's that's where we are. That's where we are. And like I said, we can talk about this. We can yep. do a complete podcast on this. Yeah. But I think we 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 need to transition on. I mean, transition. Let's so, transition on. Tra- hey, Across the Tracks fans, that's the end of part one of A Year in Review. We will continue next week with part two. So stay tuned.